verse 7, close to double digits as well. Very, very close, very so, close. Uh, Jeremy Foote here, joined as always by Brian Rosenthal. Uh, follow him on Twitter, GBR Rosenthal. Find all kinds of uh, interesting things he puts out during the week regarding Nebraska athletics. Uh, Brian also writes a lot of content on our website, huskers.com. And comments on songs from his childhood that he just realized with the real lyrics being too. It's kind of horrifying to me. So, I guess I missed <laughs> that. What is that in reference to? Oh, I can't say because oh. it's not good. But oh, okay. I just heard a song from my childhood on one of the 80s channels and they explained what the lyrics meant. And I was oh. like, oh, I didn't know that. Can you tell me what song this is? I, be- I better not. I better not. But I'm a child of the 80s. I probably may have heard that song. We'll have to talk after about well, that. Well, I'll give you a clue. Just relax. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Well, I can imagine what song that is. Yeah. That's a good tune. Um, anyway. Right. Well, people don't want to hear about <laughs> us growing up in the 80s. So even though there's a lot of fun stuff in the 80s. Um, it's a great time. Great time. Let's talk about some Nebraska athletics. So I think today we're going to cover football, basketball, some volleyball, some soccer. Football, not off to the start they wanted. I still say I think they were good in the 80s. Yes, and the 90s. And the 90s. And even into the 2000s. I mean, yeah. Nebraska football has... Yeah, it's a rough It's a rough start. It is. Yes. But, you know, I keep going back to that very first Akron game. If they had played that game, mm-hmm. I think I think they... I mean, Akron's good. I don't think Nebraska steamrolls in that game, but I think they win that game. I agree. And then you wonder what the conference level's like going into Colorado. You have all those and then cheaters by, and first exactly, game things got, out of the way. Exactly. And... and I don't think they beat Michigan, but you, you've got to think that right now there's a realistic possibility of them being 3-1 and one right now. I could be wrong. I mean, you don't know what Adrian Martinez's health is going to be or if Andrew Bunch is going to play the entire Troy or you know, any of those things. It's just that just from the get-go, they got behind the eight mm-hmm. ball like nobody else. And it's just it's a hard thing to overcome for a first-year staff. Yeah. Yeah, missing that first game just— And I'm, I'm not so making excuses. I'm, no. I'm, They've, they've, they've got work to do, and I think yes. they know that. And I, I, I guess the, 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 the other thing about that is, Jeremy, is that let, let's say that that had happened and they are 3-1 right now. Are they really that much better of a football team? Maybe not. So maybe this is a good thing. Maybe they're getting the, the truth out or some of the kinks out right away that they can work through, and they don't have that false sense of security. Because if they're 3-1 right now, people are like probably have too high of expectations. True. Or if you're, you're, you know, you're three and zero or two and one going into Michigan, the expectations are a lot higher. And then if what exactly happened on Saturday still happens, then it's things exactly. that have happened for the exactly. last so, five to seven years of people thinking the team. Yeah. Yes. So if uh, yeah, if we're gonna find a silver lining in, in being without a win on the season, maybe that's it. I suppose it's just I just do. I keep going back to that Akron game, and you think. We'll never know. I mean, you just won't know. Maybe they lose that game, and maybe they're in four. I don't know. But I, I just, I just think that if that game is played, we're in a different situation right now than we're looking at. But that's me. So. And uh, to your point about being behind the eight ball, that's something this team has done in its first three games this season. Has gotten unbelievable on the, behind on the scoreboard early, and the coaches have talked a lot about this, this that this week. I guess what did what did you get from? Well, all three coaches, I guess specifically Coach Walters and Coach Frost regarding that. Well, they all talked about that. And an interesting stat is the last the last three times, it's, it's not happened very often going back to last year, the last three times Nebraska's been ahead at the end of the first quarter was um, Illinois, Purdue, 
and Rutgers, games they won. Those are the only three times in the last however many games they've been ahead at the end of the first quarter. Mm-hmm. So I would really like to see what this team does if they get ahead. They've not done that yet. They've fallen behind every game. And I think it's just kind of a mentality with them. I think it's a psyche thing that, gee, let's see what happens if we score first yeah. and get ahead 7 to nothing or 14 nothing or 10 nothing, whatever it is, just score in that first drive and get some momentum going and see what happens when you're playing ahead. Like with, with what Ryan Held said, you're playing with house money at that point. Well, yeah, and, and Coach Walters talked about it the other day that it – if it happens in the first quarter, it's one thing, but as the game drags on, it, ch- it changes the play calling. I think this, t- this staff wants to run the ball more, but when you're in a hole, it definitely changes on what you can do. You maybe yeah. have to throw the ball more, and obviously with, I mean, both quarterbacks are young. Adrian is a true freshman. Andrew Bunch is has a little bit more time on the field than him, but he's basically playing in his first college game, you know, against Troy. And so it's um, – it's, it's, yeah, it's tough. I think in a lot of ways, and the defense would benefit. I mean, the whole team's going to benefit from it if they just can score early, stop the other team. It's it's going to change a lot of dynamics. And, and, and for the first time since the first week, Nebraska will be going into the game having a quarterback prepared full strength the entire week because mm-hmm. the last two weeks, obviously Adrian didn't play the, the uh, Troy game. Then last week he was kind of back and forth between him and Andrew for snaps, but he's gotten – most or not all the snaps for one. And so he'll be more prepared. It'll be more like, I think, the Colorado game as far as his preparation is concerned going into this game. So hopefully that'll help too. Um, I guess you don't know. He's still a true freshman. But I, yeah, it just you just got to wonder if they can just take the lead, what their psyche and what their mentality is and, and how they operate from ahead because – I, I just think that's a huge thing. I really do. One thing that's been brought up about practice is it seems like feels like most of the year the coaches, players have thought they practiced really well on most Mondays. Yeah. And then it's seemed to dip down, especially last week it was brought up that it went down a lot during the week. But Coach Frost seemed— I mean, You could tell last week at the post-game, at yes. the post, post-practice press conference last week that Scott Frost was not happy. No. He just was not. You could tell that something was not— Something was amiss, I'll he's, put it that he way. He seemed in a better mood today. and Much better. All week it. long, he seemed much better. That was the only time all all spring, all summer. That's the only time that I've seen him really upset. And I didn't know what it was. And later we found out, well, they had a bad practice. But I knew something was amiss because of how upset he was after that practice a week ago Thursday. But, yeah, today was a lot better. Sounds like this week has been good. Maybe not. 100% great, but a lot better, better than last week. So we'll see if they can build on that. Sounds like the the, the uh, virus or illness bug has been kind of going through yeah, the team. Yeah. Uh, no more Maurice Washington missed I th- uh, Monday and Tuesday. I know Coach Frost said it sounded like he was kind of basically chained to a, uh, a, yeah. a trash can the other day, but said let's it hope he, that, Let's hope there's a trash can. <laughs> yes. I don't think our, uh, our, our uh, turf management people would want to be cleaning that up in the <laughs> indoor facility, but it sounded like he was back at practice today, and Coach Frost said, you know, it's he, they're hoping that he can play on Saturday, but part of it may be, one, just uh, when you're sick, it, it's tough to just go out and play 100% when you've been sick True. like that, and two, I'm sure he's missed out on some install and things like that he's a freshman he doesn't know all the stuff yet so that's the big thing i think it's more yeah you you wonder about his physical well-being and how he can handle up that way but 
I think as a coaching staff, you're probably more concerned does, does he know what he has to do in this game mm-hmm. against this opponent with this defense when he's a true freshman and just played in three games. So I think that's probably the thing to look at more than or as much as his physical health. It'll be interesting, too, to see on Purdue's side how they attacked the Nebraska defense because it's going to be a lot different mm-hmm. uh, offensive attack from what we saw last week against Michigan. Um, I think Coach Janander said he thinks um, – Produce probably one of the best teams in the country running the spread offense. So, mm-hmm. um, but also the staff is adept at defending spread yes. offenses too. So that could work both ways. Yep. So, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, Two thirty BTN on Saturday. Um, weather is. Eh. Yeah, we'll mm. see. It's very fall like. We'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's it's high fall of sixty. Nebraska. So hopefully the rain stays away and be a nice cool afternoon at, at uh, memorial stadium for everybody bring a jacket yeah probably want to bring a jacket sweatshirt hoodie whatever uh well let's move over to something that they're not in season yet but both uh, basketball programs have kicked off i know i don't think we've heard from coach williams yet from a media availability standpoint but coach miles was at the uh the media at the podium on monday prior to the football press conference um I know you've talked to Coach Miles a couple times over the last few weeks, but what uh, what did he have to say regarding uh, men's basketball? Who has sold out, by the way, of season tickets? Yes, this year, for so. the fourth time in six yes. years, the uh, season tickets available to the public have been all purchased at Pinnacle Bank Arena. So that's quite the accomplishment. And I don't think people understand how impressive that is because people maybe it's, don't notice it when you watch on TV because lower bowl that maybe that's yeah. what you see. But there's a lot of like. Okay, we're not counting like a Duke or something like that, but other true big time schools in the Big Ten don't come even close to the fan support that we get. Well, here as Mark Bain said this week, it's hard to sell out a basketball arena. Yes, it really is. So that's a testament to in lots of people. I mean, from from Tim Miles and his staff and his players down to the I shouldn't say down to, but over to the the marketing staff mm-hmm. and the Pinnacle Bank Arena people and Mark Bain and everybody. I mean, it's a collective effort. It is. It's really hard in today's age with televisions and HDTVs and the comfort of being in. It's hard to sell out a basketball arena, much less for a program that's still yet to win an NCAA yeah. tournament game. I mean, I just think that's remarkable. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are. Oh, they kill for this. They're <laughs> regularly in the top 10 to 15 that don't sell out their basketball yeah, arenas. I know. It's, it's, you know, there's Kansas and there's Duke and there's Carolina, obviously, but. Um, I suppose Wisconsin is probably up there as, as, you know, a school that sells out a lot too. But, you know, the Big Ten's led the nation. We can't we can't dog in the Big Ten too much because they've led the nation in attendance for like 37 years in a row or something. I'm not joking. That's like a literal stat. But um, so Nebraska fits in right there. But, yeah, he's really excited about that. Um, he's excited about his team. Uh, I, the, if there's any question marks or concerns, probably depth at this point because – you know what you have with your core. I call them the core four with um, Palmer, Copeland, Roby, and Watson. And those, by the way, will be the four people at Big Ten Media Days on October 11th in Chicago. And then you have your fifth starter, which it's kind of up in the air right now. I'd probably lean towards Thomas Allen. I don't know that. That's just a name that I kind of think of. And and then you have to build some depth behind him. So. So I'm curious if that's your five. Who who who's playing? Who is playing the five in that role? Is it? I would say probably Roby. Okay. Probably. I mean, I it's it's a quasi five maybe. Um, but he's also battled some foot issues recently, some heel issues. So, um, 
I don't know what his availability will be come opening night or anything, but right now I know he's kind of hobbled a little bit. Ankle, foot, heel, all those fun things. So Basketball's changed a lot so much over the last probably five to ten years of almost yeah, becoming it's, positionless. That's what, I, you know, that's what I always say. It's like everybody wants to like define a person as a five or a four or a three, you know, whatever. And you've got your point guard. I get that. And in and, and, and some programs, they have their true center. But other than that, I mean, so many of the positions are interchangeable. And if you don't have a true center, like Nebraska really doesn't right now. I mean, Brady Hyman, even he, if he plays this year, and I think he will as a true freshman, um, he could probably step out as a stretch four. I mean, he can shoot the three, he can shoot the perimeter shot, and I don't think he can be labeled strict five either, If even if he, I'm not saying this happens, but let's say for whatever reason he does start. I mean, he's probably at that five spot, but is it really the five spot? And, you know, it's kind of one of those weird things with basketball these days, as you said. So one guy you brought up was uh, Glenn Watson, who yeah. I would say probably did not have the season he wanted to have last year, even with all the success the team had. But just was He had a sophomore off. slump as a junior, is how I, I put it. Yes. And so you wrote it's about really Glenn this week on the website. And yeah. what, what did you what did you learn from Glenn? Well, they, they just, uh, Tim is really excited for him to have a big senior year. And after last year finished, you know, Glenn went to, to Tim's office and, and then texted him also after that and talked about how he wanted to lead this team to places where Nebraska basketball has never been before, which would be a winning an NCAA tournament game or two or three. <laughs> but, uh, and I, I, I think when you're a senior, especially with Glenn, because he's the only person who's been here for four years as a senior, he's been through thick and thin and up as, you know, ups and downs and everything in between. I just think that Tim would really, well, I know Tim would really like to see him have a big year and lead this team to, as he said, somewhere where Nebraska has not been before. Man, he's been through a lot. I mean, he was a guy that I think some people thought might leave after his sophomore year when some of the changes went with the staff. I believe it was his sophomore year, after his sophomore year. I'd have to go back and remember to look. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. That, I yeah. think that was the year that uh, Morrow left. Um, Jacobson left, and he was kind of in that yeah. group with all those guys. And yeah. he obviously came back, then had kind of a, for his standards, I guess. I mean, he's still a very good player, but just down a little bit. So, yeah, I'd be, I'm really excited to see him kind of. It seems like sometimes when you get into the season, like people get into a funk, and then just with how the season goes, it's just hard to break out of those. And yeah, it sometimes is. Sometimes you just can't ever get out of it until the year's over and get a fresh start. And I think that's a good that's a good position to take with Glenn. I think it's a good fresh start for him. And mm-hmm. and uh, as a known leader, as a person who's been here for four years, I, I think that he knows what he needs to do, and he's got some parts around him. Tim's got confidence in him. Players have confidence and confidence in Tim and the staff and everything. So I, yeah, I think expectations are really high. I know you and I talked about the schedule last time we had podcasts what i guess you talked to tim what's he think of the schedule this year oh they they love the schedule i mean it's full of opportunities especially if you can go on the road to a clemson and win or beat an oklahoma state on a neutral court and you've got creighton and seton hall at home and you've got usc and uh uh texas tech potentially missouri state i can't remember who plays who but at Mm -hmm. the neutral site tournament in kansas city so there's tons of tons of opportunities in the non-conference and Let's face it, the Big Ten will be better this year. I don't know how much better they'll be, but they'll be better than last year. I mean, you, you can't expect Wisconsin to stay down like they have been, or even Minnesota. Indiana will be a much better team this year. 
more of the traditional powers, I think, will be improved. So I think the conference itself will also help Nebraska's strength of schedule and RPI, which, as Tim said this week, the conference let them down last year, and they did. That's there's no bones about it. Now, if Nebraska wins a couple of their non-conference games last year, they can probably still make the tournament, so they can't blame it entirely in the Big Ten. But his point is well taken, is that 13-4 and four last year isn't 13-4 and four lots of years in the Big Ten. So let's hope the Big Ten has a better year. Exactly. And plus, I think we've talked about four, a couple more conference games this year. Yes, 20. Yes. So two more, well, one more home game. Yeah, so will there be yeah, 10 home games, 10 on the road, still do the two early December games uh, at Minnesota, Illinois at home, and then pick up at the end of the month, beginning of January, and then it's full goal from there. And the only difference is that, you know, this year they'll have the tournament back at the regular weekend. Last year it was a week early in, um, New, York. in, in New York, and this year it's back to the regular spot, I believe, in Chicago. Yep. So it seems like from adding conference games, which I believe they did on the women's side as well. They didn't go to 20. I think they're at 18. Uh, is Not that right? Sure I that. thought they are still at 16. But either way, specifically on the men's side, it's I, th- I got to think it's good for not having to come in and schedule some of those teams oh, absolutely. over Christmas break that yeah, absolutely. you're not having to worry about Yeah, you're, 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 you're disposing of two 300-plus RPI non-conference opponents on your schedule is what you're doing, basically. And so, yeah, it'll help out their strength of schedule a lot, especially if they win those games, especially if there's a couple on the road. So Jeremy is currently looking to see how many conference games the women's— Just a double count. Of, they're at 18. They are at so, 18. All right, you're right. So there. they added, okay. but they did not go to the full 20 like the men did. So Because at one point they went to 18, and then they went back to 16, I think. So they're on the back to 18 again. Yeah, all right. I believe so. I know that's not 20. I know it wasn't that. So yeah. And they're non-conference. They're— Let's see. We've got Drake at home. Well, they're so both teams are playing an exhibition game. Men are playing Wayne State. Women are playing Kearney, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, women's non-conference. They're playing Drake at home. USC Upstate at home. Can you name the USC Upstate mascot? Just think USC. I was going to say they're the Trojans, they aren't are, they? Uh, they're the Spartans. They're Spartans. Close. Oh yeah, I was going to say that's right. Very close. Uh, at Washington State, then Cougars. they go to uh, Miami. Oh, Hurricanes. Well, I hope you know those. <laughs> they go to thanks. Good place to spend Thanksgiving. South Beach. They play Turkeys. Uh, oh. Mike, Miami and Radford. Mm. Radford. Um, Couldn't tell you what. Their, Bulldogs. Their logo is just a. It says Radford with an R. So. Well, that doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge. They are at Louisville, so that will be a. Uh, That'll be tough. That'll be a tough game. Then they're at Creighton. Uh, Kansas, That'll be tough. Kansas at home. San Jose State at home. Denver at home. At Arkansas. And then conference play the rest of the way. So, um, unlike the men, they do not play before. Well, they, they play a little bit before Christmas break. Their first conference game is. Uh, they're the Highlanders. The, Hi- the Rad- Radford Highlanders. That was way off. So, anyway, go ahead. I didn't even make a guess. Uh, December 28th is the first women's uh, conference game they set up at home against Michigan. So Okay, well, there you go. Um, got some soccer going on this weekend, we too, don't we? got some soccer. So actually, by the time people listen to this, people already have played another game. Probably, probably played, depending how close I get this out when you listen. <laughs> soccer, uh, we were just talking about they are on a... Five, How do we want to phrase this? So Five-game unbeaten streak. Five-game unbeaten streak. So they're 4-0-1, so right? 4 one They swept... 4-0-1. Uh, 4-0-1, yes. Yeah. They swept uh, Indiana and 
Purdue last weekend who those soccer fans that stayed up on Friday, oh, Friday yeah, that's night right. or Thursday night. I think it was, I think it was Thursday, Thursday night. Thursday night. It was, it was uh, like a two-hour plus yeah. rain delay and lightning delay, and then they played the game. And then I believe the game went into overtime. Yeah, I think you're right. Or was it? Was that the end of the game that went to overtime? No, you're right. It was the it was the uh, it was the weather delay game that went to overtime. Yes. You're right. So weather delay game goes into overtime. They win forty three, I believe. Faith Carter, if I'm correct, had a well had to have been that game. She had a hat trick in that game because on the Purdue game on Sunday they won one to nothing. So definitely no hat trick and a one to nothing win. And if you've not been on Huskers.com in the last week or ten days, I've got a story up also on Savannah Vegas, who's overcome. Not one, not two, not three, but four ACL surgeries. So, and she is a senior this year who very well could apply for a sixth and maybe even a seventh year. I don't know that she'll do that. She's thinking about it, um, but she's definitely a senior this year and uh, having a good year at the at the time. She was leading Nebraska in uh, points and assists and among the Big Ten's top point getters. So she's been uh, she's been a big part of that soccer team for the Huskers this year. So it's huge for her to overcome the injuries that she has. That is some uh, dedication and love for your sport because I've been through a ACL injury when I was in college playing just pickup basketball. And I I don't know if I can imagine going through that four different times to yeah, continue playing crazy. something. So good for her. Um, but yeah, soccer team's having a good year so far. I think uh, this week they are up to 18th in the RPI. Um, with the opportunity to move up a little bit more because they're on the road this week. And as we've talked about before, uh, winning on the road is always good for the RPI. Um, They're at Penn State tonight, 5 p.m. So tonight is Thursday as we're recording this, 5 p.m. on uh, Big Ten Network. And then Sunday they are at Ohio State, uh, 1.30 p.m., Guess what is it first? What? How do we? How do we? Uh, how do we state the start of a soccer kickoff? Kickoff. I'm pretty sure it's kickoff. I guess. Sure, we'll go with kickoff. Yeah. And then uh, they're back home next weekend on the pitch. Yeah, on the pitch. Um, I did soccer for two years, so I guess I should know how to how to how to uh, say how the game starts. But I'm not 100 percent sure. I'll have to ask John Walker the next time I see him. They begin the game. They begin the game. The countdown. The 90. <laughs> well, it's 45 minutes. The 45 minute clock begins for the first half. There you go. Um, and then next weekend, they're back at home Friday night against Iowa at 7. And then uh, that's the only match for the week. The fall, Then they're off uh, until the next Friday when they host Michigan. So American Outlaws night next Friday at, okay. at Hibner Stadium. All right. Uh, and then volleyball, we can wrap this thing yep, up, right? That's some we're, Volleyball is, what, 11-1 right now? So, yeah, they, they have the disappointing kind of start to the year, lose to Florida. Mm-hmm. We've talked about that, but I think it was kind of – yeah, everybody. We won the national championship. We're back. We got all these new players. Yeah. First game jitters for a lot of people. Um, they lose, but then they've gone back to being Nebraska and won 11 straight. They are up to – they're still at third in the country, and they are on the road just like soccer. They won uh, their two conference games last weekend um, at home, Michigan and Michigan State. And they're on the road this weekend. Um Really? I, well, well, this would be the first time they left the state of Nebraska. Is that correct? That's correct. Their so, only road game has been – it wasn't even a road game. It was Creighton at Pinnacle – or not Pinnacle. Uh, neutral C- – CHI, CHI Health Center. 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 Yeah. Center. 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 So, neutral site match in Omaha. But they have not left the state yet in their first 12 matches of the year. Yeah. So, um, But as John Cook said this week, he thinks that his team always performs better on the road than they do at home. He just thinks that they're – looser away from a lot of the pressure or the home fans. Never get it wrong. He loves the home crowd. I'm not saying that, but uh, it's 
it's a good relief, I think, for the team to go on the road and kind of get away from the pressures a little bit. And they do. They perform well on the road. There's been no doubt about that. And sometimes it's hard if you're going to Northwestern, which is kind of a high school gym. you got to create your own energy a little bit. But uh, the Illinois one will be very, very tough. Illinois, I think, is ranked seventh this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Undefeated. not sure they've even lost, have they? They're 13-0. There you go. So, yeah, so that'll be a tough one. Tough one. Um, the other thing with volleyball, kind of on the other side of – Obviously, playing at Devaney Center, huge home court advantage. Yeah. But on the other side of it, for the team that's coming in, they're either at the disadvantage of maybe not being able to handle that or crowd, they, or they feed or off, or they feed off yeah. of like we've seen that happen. Hey, before, we're playing too. at like the mecca of college volleyball. And it really and, fires them up. Yes. It really does. So. I, it, it kind of does. It's 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 an interesting point. It kind of works against Nebraska in a way. Um, not a bad way. It's just kind of an interesting way. It's, it's a different challenge playing at home for Nebraska for volleyball. It really is because, as you said, you've got the the mecca of college volleyball. I mean, you literally have teams who come here and play in front of 200 people in their home matches, and now they're in front of eight, 9,000 people. And it is. It's a matter of how do they respond to that. And it seems like a lot of people, a lot of teams respond kind, kindly. You know, Missouri State didn't. I think they got waxed, but um, – a lot of teams come in here and kind of feed off that energy, and that's it's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic. It really is, and that's a testament to Nebraska volleyball fans. It really is. Yeah, and uh, so Illinois has Iowa on Friday. So if the Illini get past the Hawkeyes and go to fourteen zero, the Huskers will have the chance to hand the Illini their first loss of the season. And Coach Cook, very familiar with Illinois' coach, who for those that sure I'm sure volleyball fans know is Chris Thomas, who. Was here on the staff two years ago. That's right. And uh, him and his wife are both on staff there. Actually, another former employee of ours, Andy Winstrand, is uh, who used to work in our graphic graphic design area, is actually the director of operations for volleyball at uh, at Illinois. So lots of Husker connections there. Um, I guess what uh, before we wrap up, what uh, besides covering football on Saturday, what do you got in the? Uh, I guess anything you want to pitch for what you're going to be writing about next week. Well, I'm open to story ideas. Um, but, yeah, I'll be doing football. Uh, down the road, I'm working on a couple of uh, oh, Veteran Day, story, veteran day stories. Um, I don't have the names in front of me right now, but something for Veterans Day uh, with the uh, military chair that Memorial Stadium has before each home game. So uh, beyond that, probably some uh, – some hoop stuff coming up, a couple of volleyball stories, just kind of to believe by ear at this point, but definitely some football stuff tomorrow and obviously on Saturday. For those who don't remember, it is homecoming at uh, Nebraska this weekend. Do you have any good... Yeah, uh, it is. I never understood homecoming. I don't either, especially for <laughs> especially for college, I guess. I don't know. but I guess it's, maybe it's more for the, the students that are actually... Which doesn't really make sense because homecoming, I guess, is supposed to be for alumni, but it seems like it's a bi- it's a bigger celebration because if you go down like Fraternity Row, it's all the houses are decorated yeah. and stuff like that. It's yeah. it's almost a bigger thing for uh, homecoming for, to for me is always students. a high school thing. I've never gotten to college homecoming as much, but I never understood a high school homecoming either. I mean, well, we had a dance, but it's that's, not, I guess that's because it was a huge event for. I mean, nothing I, ever happens in my hometown, so homecoming is like, well, there's a dance, there's a big football game, you know, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But you know, whatever. So. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> You're out. That's all that. I got. <laughs> well, before we close, not to rub salt in the wounds, but your Royals are not in the playoffs. 
My Braves are back in the playoffs. <laughs> the playoffs since June, Jeremy. My Braves are back in the playoffs. I'm very excited. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they're going to have to face the Dodgers. I'm not sure. You I'd just wait till 2035, baby. Come on. Well, I was on board of the Braves being back in the race probably next year or the year after. So as of now, we're a year early. So I'm going to enjoy uh, Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna Jr. as much as possible right now. There you go. So, all right. Well. Um, as usual, check out Huskers.com. Brian will have a reaction after, hopefully, a Husker win on Saturday. And then um, also check him out on Twitter, GBR Rosenthal. And we will be back next week with another edition of the Nebraska Athletic Podcast. See ya.